No book of the Bible has been attacked more viciously than the book of Daniel. Liberal critics hate the book with a passion because it contains precise prophecies, many of which have already been fulfilled in history. They argue, therefore, that it must have been written long after the time of Daniel. What about it? Is the book a valid one that should be included in the Bible? Stay tuned for the opinions of 16 Bible prophecy experts. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. This week, we're going to launch a series of programs that I hope will be fascinating and encouraging to you. You see, folks, I recently had the opportunity to interview a forum of 16 Bible prophecy experts regarding seven questions relating to the book of Daniel. And over the next few weeks, we will be sharing their answers to those questions with you. The first question I ask concerns the integrity of the book, and I worded the question as follows. The book of Daniel has been attacked by liberal critics more than any other book in the Bible. They hate it because it contains such precise prophecies, many of which have already been fulfilled in history. They argue that it was written by someone other than Daniel about the time of Jesus. And they argue that all the prophecies related to the intertestamental period were written after the fact. How do you respond to these attacks? Well, folks, here are the responses of our forum members. Well, I would say, first of all, Brother Dave, that there have always been critics of God's Word. People have never, uh, many people have never accepted the fact that we have a miracle working God, and prophecy in itself is a miracle, and they just cannot accept that. But besides that, there's plenty of other uh, support for the authority and validity of the book of Daniel, both from the secular world and from other prophets in the Bible. Um, Josephus tells us about the time that Alexander the Great uh, approached Jerusalem with his army, and uh, he was met by the high priest who uh, revealed to Alexander what the prophet Daniel had prophesied about him, and it so impressed him that, that he spared the city. He didn't actually try to destroy Jerusalem. And so this reference, uh, if that took place, as Josephus said, would have been around 300 B.C., uh, much, much later uh, than, or earlier actually, than, than where the critics say that Daniel had to have been written. I think that probably for me, the you know the most uh, definitive authority is our Lord Jesus, and He's the one that said in His Olivet discourse, "When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet," and He goes on to say, "You know, when this happens, you should run for the hills," but He makes reference to His understanding and recognition of Daniel. And for me, that just really settles it all right there. Well, I would ask them to examine why they hate it, first of all. Um, 
I think the reason they hate it is because if the book was written in the 6th century and it's predicting things that happened in the 2nd century, then you've got an omniscient God that's behind it who can see the end from the beginning. And that's unacceptable to the liberal mind. So they have to generate some kind of philosophy. So they end up dragging it into the 2nd century and making it a history lesson. Uh, Another thing that comes to mind is... What did Jesus say about it? You know, those bumper stickers, what would Jesus do? <laughs> what did Jesus say about the book of Daniel? And Jesus in Matthew 24, verse 15, quoted Daniel 9, verse 27, and he says, the prophet Daniel says. So the liberal mindset is someone other than Daniel wrote it. Uh, well, that really doesn't comport well with what Jesus said. And I think I'd rather agree with Jesus than the liberals at the end of the day myself. So... Those would be my two basic answers to that. Well, they start out with a premise that uh, uh, either God does not exist, or if he does exist, he doesn't provide really true prophecies. So if there are those detailed prophecies that Daniel provides, especially those in chapter 11, they have to give some kind of another accounting for it. And so they, tr- they have to give a late date for Daniel. That won't solve all the problems because the Septuagint has the book of Daniel in it, which puts the Daniel no later than 250 B.C. And so um, a lot of the events like the Maccabean prophecies would not fulfill till about a century after that. So you still have a problem uh, no matter what. But if you believe in God, they can do predictive prophecies. There's no problem. But those are prophecies. They have to find another way to explain it. So that's the basis, not... They don't have archaeological reasons for a late date of Daniel. It's just the presupposition God does not give those kind of detailed prophecies. Well, Dave, uh, these critics hate the book of Daniel. You know, Daniel was so accurate and precise on his prophecies that they say, well, Daniel could not have written the book of Daniel. Someone after the fact wrote it or someone after the events of the intertestamental period wrote it the so-called 400 years of silence. Daniel wrote those prophecies in the 6th century B.C. Many of those prophecies were fulfilled in the 4th or 3rd century B.C.s, and there are other prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled in the future. Now we hear all the time, oh, Daniel did not write the book of Daniel. But somebody in the New Testament confirms the authorship of the book of Daniel. Clearly that's Jesus Christ. He says in Matthew 24, 15, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Jesus is talking about that future desecration when the Antichrist goes into that third rebuilt Jewish temple and desecrates it. Jesus said Daniel wrote the book. To deny that Daniel wrote the book of Daniel is to deny the very words of Jesus Christ. And we don't want to do that. You're definitely right in that the critics, the liberals, the atheists, agnostics, they love to discredit the book of Daniel. And the reason they do so is because Daniel wrote with such accuracy and precision concerning prophecy. He wrote prophecies from the time of his day all the way to the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Now, there are those who say Daniel actually wrote prophecy with more accuracy than historians have written history. And uh, I certainly agree with that as well. So what the critics do is they will say, well, it was written around the time of maybe 100 years before Jesus Christ. They do that because they try to place it uh, after the time of Antiochus Epiphanes. Daniel wrote about prophecies concerning Antiochus Epiphanes with great accuracy and precision. And that is, of course, shows the divine inspiration of our God. 
the the critics though will say that that's not possible but you can easily dismiss the the critics because for example if we look at the Septuagint that is the translation of what we call the Old Testament from Hebrew into Greek it was written the translation was done around uh, 280 BC long before the time of Antiochus Epiphanes then if we look at Alexander the Great he actually uh, spared the city of Jerusalem from destruction because of the fact the high priest was able to show that Daniel prophesied of his empire and then if we look lastly at our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself in Matthew 24 15 he referred to the abomination that causes desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet and therefore our Lord validated the book of Daniel himself well, I would remind those critics of several things. First, I would remind them that Jesus quoted from the book of Daniel. And uh, I think that's very important. He called Daniel a prophet. And as far as I'm concerned, that settles the issue for me. But second, I would remind those critics of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Scholars say that the Dead Sea Scrolls were hidden at least 200 years before the time of Jesus. If the Dead Sea Scrolls were hidden at least 200 years before the time of Jesus, then the book of Daniel had to be written at least 200 years before the time of Jesus because a complete copy of the book of Daniel was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the fact that the book of Daniel uses words and is written in a style that went out of use hundreds of years before the time of Jesus indicates that the book was written hundreds of years before the time of Jesus. And then I think the last thing that I would remind those critics is that... uh, Uh, Daniel not only prophesied things that would happen before and during the intertestamental period, he also prophesied things that would happen after the intertestamental period. He prophesied that uh, Jerusalem and the temple would be destroyed, that the Roman Empire would break up, that the Roman Empire would come back into being, that Jerusalem and the temple would be rebuilt. If Daniel could accurately prophesy things that would happen after the time of Jesus and the intertestamental period, He could also accurately prophesy things that would happen before the time of Jesus and the intertestamental period. So I would say that those critics are wrong. The book of Daniel was written several hundred years before the time of Jesus. Well, what I would say to the critics is that, you know, many of these guys, they they don't want to give God any credit that he can can speak the future in advance. And Daniel was a perfect example of what God said he would do. God said that he's a God that that he he would speak the end at the beginning. And Daniel's prophecy is proof text to that. Now, one of the problems I have with the critics is that, you know, if they don't believe what Daniel prophesied that have already come to pass, then they don't believe in the latter part of the prophecies as well. Uh, Daniel was truly a, a man of God. His prophecies were truly of the Lord and history bears it out. Uh, we can trust his prophecies. And uh, I normally let them know, well, well if you don't believe in, 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 the, in the first part of Daniel's prophecies coming to pass, then you have no confidence in the latter part. And I do. Actually, the accusations that the liberal critics present regarding Daniel are without any foundation, whether you're looking at it from the uh, internal or the external uh, perspective, the evidence. I think more important than the accusations against Daniel are, uh, are the reasons for their accusations. And I think they could be classified basically into two areas. If they accept Daniel as an early date and that the prophecies that Daniel recorded uh, were fulfilled literally, then they have to admit that God is a miraculous God, that there is such a thing as miracles. If they admit that, then they have to admit that, these, uh, that the prophecies that Daniel uh, wrote about regarding the end times 
must also be fulfilled literally. Secondly, one of the reasons they do not accept it for an, as an, uh, written in a, at an early date is that it, it lifts up the Jews, the nation of Israel. Uh, Daniel is very specific, very clear that the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, will play a very, very important time uh, role in end-time prophecy and the history of humanity. And anti-Semitism just absolutely forbids the liberal critic from accepting that. Anti-Semitism is such a strong part of that kind of theology that Daniel, no matter how clear it is, is totally rejected many times simply on the basis of anti-Semitism. You are watching Christ in Prophecy and a series of interviews with 16 Bible prophecy experts who are commenting on the integrity of the book of Daniel. I I think the very basic problem is that the critics, for the most part, number one, do not believe in predictive prophecy of any kind. So the fact that Daniel made any future prophecies is a problem for them right from the beginning. A priori, in advance, you can't do that. I mean, if you could predict the future, this would be the Word of God. Uh, And it can't be that. So if I'm determined that it has to be a humanistic book produced by a human being, then I have to look for a humanistic explanation of how that book came to be. So they reject the idea that he knew about uh, the four empires that would succeed one another in advance, even though the Roman Empire did not even exist at that time. And uh, even a critic would have to admit if you push the date of Daniel back to the second century B.C., Rome still wasn't ruling the world at that point. So they say, well, he made a lucky guess or people have read that into it after the fact. Uh, In reality, God uses Daniel to help us understand what was going to happen in the future. Uh, And the prophecies deal especially with the Jewish people. He keeps saying in the book, your people, the Jews, your holy city, Jerusalem, uh, these four empires that he predicts would succeed one another uh, from Babylon to Persia to Greece to Rome all dealt with the Jewish people. Uh, The Babylonians destroyed the first temple. Uh, The Persians allowed the Jews to rebuild the second temple. The Greeks desecrated the second temple, and the Romans destroyed the second temple. All of that is part of the total picture of that prophecy. When Daniel then goes on to predict what would happen in what we call the intertestamental period, then the flag goes up again and they say, oh, he couldn't have known all of that in advance. Why? It would take divine inspiration to understand that. So the first challenge is uh, if you don't believe God can predict the future in advance, then you're going to have to try to explain this away somehow. Secondly, they look at a few challenges in the text and say, well, what about the Persian words that appear in the text? Well, Daniel tells you himself he's living in the Persian period after the fall of Babylon. The Persian words were all administrative titles that were used of administrators in the Persian Empire in part of the story that deals with the Persian aspect of the empire. The Babylonian part is clearly Babylonian, and the three Greek words are instruments in Nebuchadnezzar's band that he's imported from Europe, his latest alternative rock band from Europe that's going to play at the dedication of his statue. Uh, The the terminology used in the book clearly indicates a 6th century author, not a 2nd century author. The Aramaic of Daniel 2 through 7 
is Royal Aramaic. It's 6th century Aramaic. It's not 2nd century Aramaic, and the critics know that. Well, uh, my first attack on the, or answer to that is Joseph Flavius. He was the court historian for three successive uh, emperors in the Roman Empire. He records that Alexander the Great, uh, when he annexed Israel, or Jerusalem, received a copy of the book of Daniel, and that was in 332 B.C. So we have that record to know that the book of Daniel was at least recorded by 332 B.C. Uh, so that's a pretty convincing argument. Second of all, the Septuagint, uh, which was uh, 300 to 200 B.C., included the book of Daniel. So we have those two witnesses that are very strong. Uh, Jesus didn't have any problem with Daniel when he quoted him in Matthew 24. So I think that their biggest problem they have is uh, Daniel 11 is so explicit in their prophecies. They just can't stand prophecy being so accurate. So I think that's the big problem for them. <laughs> the critics are, are liberal theologians. They, they take the fact that Daniel was written during the exile, 6th century B.C., and they bring it all the way up to about 100 years before Christ. And they do it because they hate Bible prophecy. They hate the fact that Daniel was so perfectly precise about the history between especially the, the uh, Seleucids and the Ptolemies and the wars between them over 200 years. So they hate Bible prophecy. So they have to do two things. They have to scuttle the date and they also have to scuttle the authorship. And particularly with the authorship, they have about four particular arguments that they make against Daniel being the author. For one, they say that the book of Daniel is filled with historical errors, like for instance, Belshazzar being listed as the son of Nebuchadnezzar. But that's easy to explain because son was a common title in the lineage of the king. So it just meant that he was a descendant of Nebuchadnezzar. They said uh, Daniel 12.1 speaks of his death. So how could Daniel write about his own death? It reads, And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Well, he remained there. It doesn't mean he died. So again, that's a kind of a useless argument. Uh, they say the unity of the book of Daniel disproves that he was the author. Chapter 1 through 6 is historic in Daniel's life, and 7 through 12 is prophetic visions. But who says that Daniel sat down in one time and just wrote the whole thing in one shot? I mean, he had a whole lifetime to write this over. And we come in and out of, of things that happen in our lives, so it doesn't have, but it still has unity of theme. Uh, another uh, is languages. Uh, one, chapter 1 and uh, beginning of 2, and then 8 through 12 are written in Hebrew, and the rest, the middle chapters, are written in Aramaic. Well, that's easy to explain because the ones that are written in Hebrew are for the Jews. The ones that are written Aramaic, for the Gentiles. So that explains it too. And I think Jesus, Jesus is the one who said in Matthew 24, 15, it reads, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Spoken of by the prophet Daniel, Jesus confirmed the authorship. So we know Daniel was written by Daniel. But the real problem is, for external evidence for Daniel, is that they want to date Daniel in the second century B.C. because it, it has prophecies that are so accurate, so clear concerning Antiochus IV Epiphanes and the Maccabees. And so they say there's no way this could be known uh, except through what they call uh, post-eventu prophecy, after-the-fact prophecy. So someone must have lived at that period, and they'd be writing in an apocalyptic genre, you know, in the, in the pseudonym uh, of someone else, a famous person like Daniel, and then putting this uh, as, as past history and, and, in a sense, as future history. problem is with the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
found the Dead Sea Scrolls, oldest copies of the Bible that we have. Among them, we now know of 11 fragments of the book of Daniel. It's 11 different copies of Daniel. And these are all reliably dated to at least the late uh, 2nd century or the early 1st century B.C., and the problem is they're already copies of copies. They're not the you know fresh off the press. These are ones that have been in circulation. They're obviously recognized as canonical. That is, they're part of what's considered sacred scripture. And they, so they come from the same time period. They allege this pseudo-Daniel wrote. Well, there's a couple of problems. It takes a long time for any type of writing to be considered and adopted as you know relevant. Uh, literature, much less sacred scripture. There's authority that's invested in it. And, and then, if you don't know who the author is, you know, even more time. But, but that's not the case. This is a book that's already concerned sacred scripture in the very time they say Daniel, the Daniel they have from the second century B.C. would have written it. So it's impossible. Um, it pushes the, the date of Daniel back further. And any time you push it back before the second century B.C., you already have to deal with the fact that you've got predictive prophecy. So your case is won, their case is lost, because the only reason they're arguing this way is because they're anti-supernaturalists and they don't want to see that there is a God who can tell the future. There's an old hackneyed idea from the liberal era when they were trying to destroy Daniel, but that doesn't include the Septuagint. So they won't admit that it's it's at least uh, 600 years or 500 years before Christ. Uh, but the Septuagint came out in 275 B.C., so that's in print. And it had to be in print before that because, it, you know as well as I do, it took probably 100 years for it to circulate out. And uh, so it's at least 350 years. So what's the difference, 500 years or 350? Uh, it's a supernatural act of God. And I think the Dead Sea Scrolls kind of erased that when they discovered some of the, the writings of the prophets and realized that the, our Bible is the most authenticated book in the history of the world. The one that uh, they mostly deal with is the idea that uh, <laughs> Daniel could not have uh, written about uh, the events of the uh, 300s and the 200s and the 100s B.C., writing in 500 and so forth. And he, he, uh, he describes in considerable detail such events as Alexander the Great, depicted as uh, the ram with one horn, and uh, that one horn being broken off and four horns taking its place. What a, what a fantastic picture of what actually happened in the time of Alexander the Great. In 300s B.C., he couldn't have known that, they say. Uh, the description of the, the war uh, between the Israelis and Antiochus Epiphanes in uh, around 175 B.C. and his desecration, Antiochus Epiphanes' desecration of the temple and the uh, Maccabean War is described in considerable detail in, uh, in uh, <coughs> Daniel. And uh, so the critics have decided, well, it had to have been written after uh, 175 B.C. Why? 
because his prophecies are too accurate. Uh, and his history is too accurate for somebody to have written it back in the 500 B.C.s. So, uh, if since they do not believe in predictive prophecy, it cannot have been written uh, in 500 B.C. And they, they rake him over the coals. But, however, we believe that God does uh, know the end from the beginning. He does give predictive prophecy, and He gives predictive details. Well, first of all, let me just say that we always have those <clears throat> quote-unquote liberal theologians who are constantly attacking the accuracy and the authority of the Word of God. I frankly personally don't spend much time with these people because I've found through the years that no matter how we reason with them, uh, you're simply not going to change their mind. They basically uh, do not believe in the inerrancy, in the authority of the Word of God. And so you can talk to these supposed educated, articulate, well-informed individuals but they already have their mind made up because they've bought into these, uh, these various forms of, of German rationalism, forms of higher criticism and so forth. And they try to take the Bible as though it is just simply a, a standard text. It's not. It's God-breathed. And more importantly, the Jewish people accepted the book of Daniel as being written by the prophet Daniel. Jesus himself in Matthew 24 referred to the book of Daniel, when he said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. So if, if you take that perspective, then you have to understand that the Bible either had, or that book had either been written uh, in the very short span of the life and ministry of Jesus, uh, or Jesus got it wrong. And, and I'm not buying that. So I, I, I don't waste a lot of my time. You know, God's called me to preach the book, not necessarily defend it. As we bring this program to a close, I would like to say a hearty amen to the arguments that our forum members have presented in behalf of the integrity of the book of Daniel. The historical evidence proves that the book existed long before the events it prophesied. And in my opinion, the most important argument in defense of Daniel is the fact that Jesus Himself endorsed the book when He quoted it in His Olivet Discourse. Folks, if it was good enough for Jesus, then it is certainly good enough for me. Next week, the Lord willing, we are going to continue with our interviews of the 16 Bible prophecy experts that constitute our forum on Daniel. We will take a look at one of Daniel's most famous prophecies called the Prophecy of the Seventy Weeks of Years. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages, contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you will find appealing. In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second comings of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions, such as, What happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? When is the rapture most likely to occur? Is the Antichrist alive today? Are there signs of the times that are unique to our day and age? The book contains a variety of charts and diagrams which illustrate various aspects of Bible prophecy. The book is available for a gift of $15 or more plus shipping. Please call the number you see on the screen.
Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, and ask for it by name, or order online at lamblion.com. The book contains 42 exciting chapters about Bible prophecy and runs a total of 415 pages. Again, it can be yours for a gift of $15 or more plus shipping. Call the number you see on the screen or go to our website at lamblion.com. Consider ordering an extra copy for your pastor or church library. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 